Today on the show, we're doing a postmortem of UFC 217. One of the best fight cards to ever grace Madison Square Garden. This is Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. What's up, insomniacs? Welcome to Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep, brought to you by Bucket of Wind. I'm Cameron, and with me in studio, as always, is... Mason. And Matt, we're back again. And today we have a very interesting podcast. We're going to be talking about a two really bra- breaking and recent MMA stories, and then we're going to be doing a full post-mortem on UFC 217. And I'm really excited about this. Without, Are you guys pumped? Yeah, I'm excited. I thought it was one of the best UFCs I've ever seen. Oh, one of the best, hands down. I like your use of the term postpartum. Postmortem? Postpartum. We were birthed fights. I said postmortem for sure. <laughs> Wait, well, you said what you wanted. He heard what he yeah, wanted. Yeah, I was going to say. It's I, like, think I, I think I thought of postpartum. Why? why? Is everything okay? Because yeah, they birthed a good fight card. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. Well, anyway, first story breaking in the news recently. <laughs> hey, Dana White. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we had Conor McGregor recently in the news, guys. Uh, oh, shocker. Again? Yes. Conor? Conor so, talks? So Conor was at one of his friend's fights. I believe it was either Cage Warriors or Bellator. I believe it's Bellator. It's Bellator. And his uh, teammate won the fight. Okay. And it was a really explosive, really interesting fight. I think his name was Charlie Ward. So Charlie Ward wins the fight and Conor runs in. Conor, classic Conor fashion. And hugs his teammate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, it looks crazy, though, because he jumps he jumps and puts his legs and arms around him, and they fall down together. So it looks like they're fighting, but it's celebration. Right. Right? So then Mark Goddard, the referee, comes over and uh, pushes him. Pushes Connor. And he's like, what are you doing? So a little bit of a scuffle breaks out. We have the video pulled up. Oh, we're, my God. We're going to watch it and give oh you guys our thoughts. So here's Connor vaulting over, over. Jumps right over. Jumps on his friend. Holy Fantastic. shit! It he looks like a takedown. Him. No, he, t- he, he that was, he was excited, man. It was clearly a celebration. It is. So then you have Mark Goddard Mark pushing Goddard pushed Conor him. McGregor. He just pushed him. Conor McGregor. What? He breaks out across Conor, the octagon. Conor's trying to do the hold me back, hold me back, dude. Holy shit! How fucking dare you touch me? You do oh fucking nothing. You do He's pointing in his nothing. face. Everybody's all over the place. This is in bedlam. Do you know who I am? This is absolutely crazy, dude. Oh, my God. All Boy, they're tight. All those boys are tight. Dirty fucking G's on this suit. Oh, I'm telling you, man. Holy All his holy. boys are tight. Wow. Holy crap. So this is really interesting be, uh, for like multiple reasons, right? You have Mark Goddard, a veteran referee. Yeah. He's done a lot of fights. Having a weird outburst of anger at Connor. Maybe some latent aggression towards the champ. I'm glad you used that term. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you have Conor McGregor, obviously one of the most inflammatory personalities. You know, I got to be honest with you. I don't think Conor did anything wrong here. No, I don't think he did either. He got fucking pushed for celebrating with a teammate. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing too? Conor's such a big star. I mean, if the real issue is that he scaled the cage and then celebrated with his teammate, obviously people can't just start climbing the cage. I get it, but the but thing is, she, he is the Conor biggest McGregor. draw. Exactly. If Bellator, like Bellator is an up-and-coming fight promotion. The fact that he's in the middle of the octagon exactly. is huge for them. It looks great. And if you guys huge. look up the video yourselves, you'll hear in the audio, as soon as he scales the octagon, people erupt in cheering. Oh, that's probably went nuts. Conor McGregor's there. 
I'd go I nuts mean, if I were there. Yeah. I, come on, dude. This is good for the sport. He's trying to hype up Charlie Ward, his teammate. Sure. He did it for Artem Lobov, too, in the UFC, and it exploded Artem's career. Well, not only that, then Bellator now can say, hey, you never know who shows up at our fights. Exactly. Yeah, we have Conor McGregor here. It's, it's a- his, his buddies are fighting, and now people might buy tickets going, hey, man, maybe Conor will make an appearance. Maybe he would be in the audience. Do you think maybe Mark Goddard's sick of the, the clown antics? That's been seen going be. on from a lot of fighters, it, started by Conor McGregor. Well, it could be, but the other side of it, too, if you play the video again, I wish there was another angle. We can't see what he saw. Maybe his head was turned, and Maybe the last thing he saw a, was them falling to the ground. Well, I don't know. There's a top-down angle, and it's very clear that what he sees. Because Charlie oh, Ward, okay. when they stand up, Charlie Ward's like, F yeah, and he's like... They're like happy in each Connor. other. And then the ref comes in and Yeah, and then him. Connor's walking toward the yeah. center of the octagon, and Mark Goddard pushes him. Well, then yeah, there's issues there. I don't know. Maybe he's still stuck in referee mode. And he's like, fucking split up. Get back. Still, you don't push a guy that's worth that much, you know, and is and is so loved by the fight community. That's just not a good look. Yeah, for but anyone. then, you know what his defense is? I can tell you right now, the ref is like, well, who the hell is he to th- hop over a ring and come in? If we start letting one guy do it, what are we going to do? If And, and it, I it's going to be like a college football game where exactly, everyone rushes the exactly. field. Exactly. More like boxing. Boxing, I hate that. That stuff triggers oh, it me fills. so hard. Yeah, in the boxing. ring fills. We're like, next thing you know, their wives, their kids are all in the ring. They have like their posses in the ring. I'm like, what? okay. Hey, yeah, guys, not, not only clear that, clear out. It's like that at the end of a USC s- fight. I see where you're both coming from, but can we can we at least agree that there are exceptions for Conor McGregor? Yes. It's Conor McGregor. He's the biggest. If I had a fight promotion, I would let him jump in the ring after every, every fight. single time. If he wanted to do the announcing, I'd let him do it. If he wanted oh, to do be the awesome. funky chicken before every fight, I'd let him People do it. Bruce Buffer should be biting his nails because I'd hire Conor McGregor to do the announcing. Fighting out of the red corner. He'll do be. fucking nothing. <laughs> I could beat his ass. Yeah, come try me, bitch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but of course. Um, yeah, it's different because it's Conor. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I would say Mark Goddard, grow up, buddy. I gotta work on not my grow up. Build a no, bridge. That's... Build a bridge and get over it. That's what I would say. I gotta work on my Irish accent. It always comes out English. Really? Yeah. To the king of the north. <laughs> that's how it always comes out. But yeah, I, I just yeah, you're right. That's definitely a problem. So also in breaking news, this just broke five hours ago. Ugh, Anderson Silva fails USADA drug test out of UFC Shanghai main event. Dun, dun, dun. I was going to say, bwomp, bwomp, bwomp. here we go again. So disappointing. So my question is, do you guys think he's been on steroids his entire career? Sure. Or just post leg break or nope. what? You know me. If you've if the if you hardest, fail once, all of your accomplishments. I, I agree. I, I think that. I think and that. this is this is. You a, don't suddenly start going, "Hey, why yeah. don't I just start taking steroids?" And this is especially pungent because that now it it validates that question, and it's it's sure. a real question that we have to have now. Whereas before, Anderson Pence could kind of shifted under the rug. Like, yeah, he snapped his leg. Yeah, he he's, not, he's trying to come back. Nope. You have to understand, like, okay, like I get some of that. Like you're coming back from a traumatic injury, maybe you need something to get your for recovery. I but you can't. But when it happens multiple times, and how, you have how many times history, has he failed? Twice. Twice, Twice. before then, this. Twice once. before this. Once, once, before, once this. before this once and now this. Okay. This is the second How failure. long ago was the last failure? Do you know off the top Pretty of your head? Pretty recent. Pretty recent, yeah. Pretty recent. <sighs> and the problem with this is his career went on a downward slope post-USADA. Wow. And then you saw in fights where he looks better. To be fair, though, positive. post-USADA, he was already old. To He's be fair, 42. Of course, of course. Wow, that hurts. 
<laughs> for a fighter. For a fighter. It's okay. Let's just put this in perspective. I can still smile, damn it. <laughs> no, no, no. To put this in perspective, he's won one out of his last six contests. Look at... Yeah. Starting with his first loss to Chris Weidman, you have loss, loss, no contest. DC beat his ass. Loss, loss, and then he beat Derek Brunson. Beat his ass. Daniel Cormier took him down <laughs> at will for three rounds. Exactly, and you don't think that he took it easy on him on top of it because he got booed the entire fight. Fair enough. Fair booed. Enough. But, you know, this is just so disappointing to hear this come out about Anderson Silva. Especially because Kelvin Gaslam was a fight I actually really wanted to see. Him versus Kelvin. Kelvin's a young guy. This could prove that Anderson was still in the running. and This just bums me out. You hate to see He loses. This. What was it, Mace? Six of his last seven? One uh, of, he, he won, won one, one of, his of his last six. six. Okay. So and he, he, he failed his... Um, He's one in five. He failed his first test uh, after his uh, fight with Nick Diaz January 31st of 2015. It still goes back to the whole point with me that... You just don't suddenly start using steroids. You just don't. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, you. I mean, think about everything. Hey, hey, I, I know I'm late in my career, but do you know somebody? Come on. <laughs> well, it I just mean, doesn't happen. To be fair, he could just be trying to increase longevity. But it doesn't make sense to me because his legacy was already cemented. So I don't and, know. And I'm it trying, yeah, but it, at I'm this trying point, to play devil's advocate. Well, not only legacy. If you're going to think about legacy, how is he financially? I oh, he's, he's very well. He's got to be fine. He's fighting. Yeah, you think that, he but you never really know. fighting for the love of it. You never really know. Um, the love of it? I just love getting punched in the face. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd, it'd be cash in the But checks. it's important to note that, you know, he his first drug test, he failed for drust, drustanolone and andro... Say that five times. Androsterone. You know, which are two heavy-hitting um, steroids. Well, one is an inhibitor and the other one's a steroid, probably. Yeah. Do you know what's hilarious? Anderson, that fight that you're referring to, Anderson Silva tested positive for steroids. Okay. And his opponent, Nick Diaz, also tested positive for marijuana metabolites. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they both tested positive. Yeah. Just for very. It's a things. shit show of it all sorts. It was a shit show. Because sometimes, and this is what I've read, those metabolites will cover PEDs. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Fact, not fiction. Marijuana metabolites? Yes. Because um, your body can only absorb so much at look one at time. Look at the person, though. It's Nick Diaz. He was for it's sure. It's Nick Diaz. He, he was, was smoking the gang. Yeah, he was for sure. Like they're that. very, like, outspoken weed activists. I understand that. No, but there, there have been, there have been uh, tests that have come out after the fact, and they have looked at some of Nick Diaz's levels, and in, for some of his fights, they're almost certain that he was high during the fight. Are you serious? That's funny. God. That is funny. It's a painkiller. It's a painkiller. So, you know? I mean, I was actually going to swing the bat for the guy and say, listen, well, they have to cope with, you know, the back and the knees and everything afterwards. Exactly. Because, you know, if I had a choice and I was a professional athlete between Vicodin and and having marijuana, I'm sorry. You'd have a hard time telling me not to. It's it's a no-brainer. Because it's essentially heroin. It's not addict. It's not as addictive. Let's yeah. not get crazy. It's still a drug, but between it's a great the t- anti-inflammatory. It's a totally different class than vice. Takes Thank care you. of nerves. And, and I'm, like, I'm not sitting here trying to sell everybody on marijuana. Never done it. So. Never, never done it. But, but thank you, Cameron. But the the point I am making though, if if I have to make a choice, I'm I'm choosing that over Vicodin or. And I'm actually happy to see a lot of these athletes, you know, using that instead of way harder stuff. Oh, yeah. Because we've seen a lot of fighters post their careers get ugly with opioids, painkillers, and stuff of that sort. Other things, too. For sure. I mean, to be honest with you, another thing I'd say, I'd rather have them test positive for marijuana than Coke. 
Oh, for oh damn sure. God, right? Yeah, I mean, come on. John or, or, Jones. Well, I'm not even going to go there, but I'm <laughs> just being, being going to be honest. I'd rather – there are a lot of other things that you would flag people before, but, I mean, marijuana, really, guys? Yeah. It's bullshit. It's just not. I'm so not, hopefully Anderson Silva, after this, can pick up the pieces of his career. Probably not. Wait They're talking about a one-year ban. Oh. Obviously. They're talking about a one-year ban. Nope. You're 42. But Mason, four to fight, I no. – I have my kicks and my no. keys, believe will, in me. No. I will call Dana and we will talk. I am the spider. The, the only thing I'm going to say, and I'll say it one last time, you know Dana. That, that room that John Jones is standing in where the door's locked and the key is thrown away? You throw him in the same room, you yeah. lock the door, and you throw the key away again. Probably. I'm yeah. done. Done. The land of misfit fighters. That's, That's right. what we're going to well, call hey, it. The, hey, you know what? If you want to have an untested fight, there's your fight. Hey, yeah. Let's have a fucking <laughs> raw exhibition match. Dude, don't even Japan, Silva, Silva Jones. What does WWE call that? The Rage in the Cage? Yeah. Ryzen. <laughs> Ryzen. Set, someone send this to Ryzen. There you sign go. Sign him now. Sign, there you sign go. them both now. Fuck it. Just, just let him fight with like and, knives. And by the way, Silva's manager and John's manager, you don't have to thank us. Because that's yeah. your only option. Because I'm sorry, guys. You know how I feel. One time, okay, I forgive you, but it's not an awesome thing. But if you, I'm of the opinion that once can be an accident, twice, fuck you, you're gone. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say, to say that, that after after seeing the the you know scores posted. Yeah. But with that being said, boys, now Next. it's time to move to one of the most electrifying Next. cards we have ever. ever seen. It was fantastic. So good. UFC 217 was an explosive, historic, and heart-wrenching night for a lot of fight oh. fans. Hachimachi. And it was totally unexpected because a lot of the biggest people on the MMA scene were claiming that this would be a card full of decisions. Brandon really? Schaub, yeah. Jimmy Smith. Did they really? Goldberg. They all went down the line. They huh? all said their fights are so contentious that they're likely to be decisions. Because all the opponents are so skilled. I mean, you just... I love that. When people who say they know the most about something are all wrong. Well, well this is right. hard to predict. This is an anomaly. What, who expected these results going in? The only Not one me. I expected is... is and I'll talk about that. Is the one fight that I thought that would be a decision. Which is a decision. <laughs> Wonder Boy. <laughs> and everybody knows that. So just wait. Yeah, I know. Just wait. I know. But still, I mean, it's good. That part is good for the UFC, though, guys. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I love when everybody guesses it's going to be a decision time, and everybody gets knocked on their ass. It's awesome. Yes. And Dana White talked about that. He was like, I, no one could have. This is amazing. This it is a great night, especially great to for do fight. it in Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. It's biggest so stage. Fantastic. 20, 20, 30,000 seat arena that goes crazy, and they have the best UFC event in a very long time. But let's get to it. We're going to start with the prelims, guys. Randy Brown versus Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall of fame of beating CM Punk out of MMA and taking down... <laughs> and he taking, also sorry. fucked up Sage Northcutt. Yeah, I was going to say, and also taking down Sage Northcutt, son of Dolph Lundgren. Is he really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm, okay. <laughs> they, I was like, wow. He looks like it. It's a joke because uh, Sage Northcutt looks just like Ivan Drago from Ivan, Rocky IV. I must break you. Uh, and fun fact, Sage Northcutt is actually trying to get cast... As the son of Ivan Drago for Creed 2. Oh my god. Dude, but I, I digress. the fuck out of that movie. I would watch the fuck really? out of that. Really? Oh, so hands good. down. Take oh, my money. Oh, come on. Take all the money. They fired the original Are director. You Your father killed my father? My son were... must break you. Oh, come on. They fired the original director, and guess who's directing? E. Ooh. <laughs> so that's just Sloan. Guess who's writing? E. Ooh. He, right. he fired the writer. He fired the director. And that and ain't back. you. But let's focus on the guy that beat the shit Cameron's out of like, Sage Northcutt. Cameron's like, come back. <laughs> come back, guys. Wait. 
Uh, so we have Mickey Gall going up against Randy Brown. Both okay. of these fighters were actually scouted in Dana White's show looking for a fight. Really? Where he travels around going to the local shows. Randy Brown is actually the first fighter picked and signed from that show. Wow. And then you have Mickey Gall later on who was found where he calls out CM Punk and it led to that historic fight. Oh, wow. So now these guys meet up. They're pretty much – they called this the looking for a fight champion fight. And uh, the tail of the tape basically – Randy Brown – Comes out, has an amazing first round, almost stops Mickey. Mickey comes back, has a dominant second round, and Randy comes out on top, using his ground game and control to win the fight. This fight was really interesting. As two up-and-comers, I wanted to see both of them go for the win more. I'm going to be honest. I understand Gall took a really bad beating in the first round and recovered great in the second but I think these guys have so much untapped potential. Definitely. And they're both so young. You look at Randy Brown. He's 10-2. And, and Mickey Gall, just 4-1. and one. I think they just don't want to make a mistake at this point in their career where a loss would oh, set them so, so far, far back. back. So far back. So, I mean, you got to fault a guy for not going for it. I totally agree with you, Cam, because you know what? you you got to close it when you can. And Randy Brown tried to, to give him to give respect. You know what okay. I'm saying? He tried to pound Mickey Gall out. But I wanted to see him get that finish. You know what I mean? Because I think Randy Brown could have gotten it. Mickey Gall is tough as fuck, man. And it's it's no cakewalk controlling Mickey Gall, man. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a high-level brown belt. Beast on the ground. But I'm super excited for the future of both these fighters. Mickey Gall will definitely be back. Very, very tough fight. What uh, weight class was this again? 170. 170. 170. Oh, so young. fresh young stars. That's good. I'm fairly sure it's 170. Let me double-check. Yeah, that. I was going to say, <laughs> let me double-check. Before they, we get peed up. Yeah, It's either sure. 170 or 155. I'm yes. twisted. But next, let's get to a pretty huge fight on the card. I'm going to be honest. I was very excited for this fight. It's the Saint Ovin St. Prue versus Corey Anderson fight. The story behind this fight is actually really interesting. Corey Anderson was originally, originally slotted to fight uh, a, a different fighter. Was it Go? No, it wasn't Gohan Saki. No. But it was a pretty high-level fight for Corey Anderson. Oh, really? Yeah, but then out of his blue, his opponent gets sick, gets an injury, can't compete. And Ovin St. Peru, three weeks out, takes this fight against the number seven ranked fighter. What's, what's Ovin St. Peru? He's number ranked. six. Number six. He's coming off of a, a couple of losses here and there. He just beat uh, Fushin Yokami okay. in Japan. That brown golf fight was at 170. It was. Uh, it was. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Just Good. making sure I was right. No, I'd don't rather wanna, be sure. Don't want to spread misinformation. Nope, we don't want to get pounded into the ground either. <laughs> yes. So, Thank you, oh, Internet. You have this fight where you have a Mark Henry trained, okay. Frankie Edgar trained, Corey Anderson, a hungry fighter coming out of the Ultimate Fighter show. He's had some mixed experiences with the Octagon. He's beat all the low-level guys that you can name, you know, out of the gate. But then he has some setback losses here and there. John Vellante, you know, won a knockout over him. You also have Jimmy Manoa, you know, who ascended pretty rapidly before getting taken out by um, Volkan Uzdemir. No time. No time, <laughs> Uzdemir. So Corey Anderson's just trying to break into the top five. Yeah, so he's trying to come back, and ugh, this is a fucking hard task. Three weeks out to get assigned to Ovin St. Prue. St. Prue, though, comes in not camp trained. Right. So that's something to take into account. And this fight was so interesting because for the first two rounds, Corey was piecing Ovens up. Really? His pace was far too much for OSP to keep up Jabbing with. Him out, Jabbing him out. Moving out of the way. Great takedowns. Granted, it's very hard to hold OSP down. He's really good on the ground, surprisingly. Okay. And he's very athletic. Very athletic. Played D1 football, if I'm But not then, mistaken. here we go. We, we, there was a glimpse in the second round. A moment where I was like, oh, shit. Oven St. Prue threw a, a high kick. And it hit Corey's elbows, and it rocked Corey. 
Just hitting his elbows. Hitting the elbows and his elbow hitting his head rocked Corey. And I was like, oh shit. If that lands flush, he is fucked. Cold. And sure enough, we had both fighters were kind of fatigued a little bit slower. Yeah. And it opens up the opportunity. Split second. We have Ovin St. Pru landing a heavy left leg high kick, knocking Corey one shot knockdown. Knocked him dead. Dead Knocked to the him floor. Flatline. Oh, oh I did see the highlight of his this. His arms went up and everything. Yeah, and he just falls. Yeah, straight to the mat in the back, and the ref stepped in front right after that, oh, waving everybody the off. The way his head bounced yeah. off. Yeah, it's a light switch. And it's, it's hard so... because Corey Anderson is such a hardworking, such a good, dedicated it's a guy. Good guy. Nothing but a, like a sportsman. He doesn't ever talk trash. He's like, I love being here. I love fighting. If you watch the Ultimate Fighter, you can't. Not be a Corey Anderson fan. Really? He's such a good Which guy. Is, but well, he'll be back. He'll look, be back. Yeah, and you also have to give credit to Ovin St. Pru. <laughs> Ovin St. Pru has always been a guy who's prided himself on sportsmanship. Right. Being able to take fights on short notice. He fought, you know, John Jones on short notice. You know? I know, but if you look at Corey Anderson's record, this is why it was so heart-wrenching to me. Once he lost, he got knocked out by Gian Volante. He went on a 1-2-3 fight win streak. Lost to Mauricio, who a seasoned vet. No shame in that as an up-and-comer. He beat Sean O'Connell. And now he's powerful Sean O'Connell. Powerful Sean O'Connell. He's got some of the funniest weigh-ins. If you oh, guys just Google Sean O'Connell weigh-in. Great character. And he's on ESPN Radio if you oh, want okay. to check him out. <clears throat> yeah, but then he lost to Jimmy Manawa in <sighs> devastating fashion. And now this head kick. And the Jimmy Manawa knockout was brutal as well. Just like the Volante one. So he's gone up against these three guys who are power strikers and gotten viciously clipped. KO'd. I think, viciously I think he needs to stick to his train, take his time, and work his and way And work with slowly. Mark Henry. Yeah. Because the thing is, when you have a pace like Corey Anderson and you're such a good natural wrestler, it's hard not to go to that and work that pace. But the problem is, you wear yourself out right. with that as well. And you're not going to be as sharp in the third round. And he has to avoid these situations. But let's give it to OSP. Getting up off the couch three weeks out. Yeah. Knocks this man dead coming off of a full fight camp. Wow. Hey, OSP God killed damn. a guy. This, this tells you right now, Ovin St. Peru saying... Fuck all the haters. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry here. for my language, but I'm still screw here. all the haters. I'm still here. I'm still here. Yep. And yeah, I may have lost a couple, but I am damn sure within still, the top five. Top five. Say. Don't you give right me now. this disrespect. three fight win streak for him? Three fight win streak. Yeah. He went on a three fight losing streak. He lost to John Jones. Okay. John Tough Jones task. return fight. He lo- he broke his arm in that fight. Yeah. yeah. He got knocked the fuck out by Jimmy Manuel. Only takes one punch with Jimmy. Yeah. Manuel. He catches you. It's the poster boy. If you man. watch that knockout, if you haven't seen it, go watch it now. He folded OSP like a lawn okay. chair. But it's Jimmy Manuel. <laughs> he folds a lot of people like lawn chairs. It's not taking away. I'm from sorry. That's OSP's that a tough motherfucker, but Manuel had his number that night. And then he fought uh, Volcan. Not time. And that was a tough fight for him. He ended you know, up we're talking about Volcan. He's probably next up at the title now. Okay, so it's top three. There's a top yeah, three world guys champion the Because Volkan's most recent yeah. fight, he knocked Jimmy Manoa dead. Yeah. So, yeah. World champion, 10,000 Twitter followers. Wow. It's going to be a shame. It's hilarious because he has like no p- f- social wow. following, yet he is one of the most electric fighters in the right. UFC right now. And then he went on a three-fight win streak, beating, good luck with this name, Marcos Rodrigo de Hima. De Hima? De Hima. De Lima. But he's, I'm yeah. assuming he's Brazilian, so De Hima. De Lima. Um, Yushin Okami, which blew my mind. Setting up, you know the only choke that OSP has is a Von Flew choke. Right away, Von Flewed. Right away. Right, right off the bat. What, it, what, what, what been, is that move? I just uh, describe uh, real quick. You have to fuck up to get caught in a Von Flew. <laughs> literally... <laughs> You, you have to mess True. up to get caught in a Von Flew. So, and it was there. Yeah, exactly. It was so there. OSP shoots and I catch a guillotine, right? Right, Shot. okay. I have a guillotine locked up. And then OSP passes my guard. 
Okay. All right. Passes my guard to the to the opposite side, to the weak side. Okay. Pins his pins his shoulder to my neck. All right. And then gets an underhook and, and uses my shoulder and his shoulder to choke choke me out. Okay, it's hard to explain with words. No, no, I got and it. And it only works if it I keep my hand and arm I around the guillotine. Holding on to the guillotine after he passes my Because guard. that's what creates the pressure between your shoulder and neck. And hit, and exactly. then his shoulder is on the other side and then and hence chokes you out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It cuts I know exactly off your so he, exactly. After someone passes your guard, you gotta like you lose the leverage for that guillotine. So he, you got to let go. There have been and five... And you know OSP is great at that choke. There have been five Von Flume choke finishes in the UFC. OSP has three of them. <laughs> and people are saying this should be called the St. Prue choke. Yeah, they should give it to Because the Von Flume, the guy who made the choke and landed it, only landed it once in competition. Really? Yeah. So and this guy, he's done it three times. Three times. So what does that tell you? It tells me it's the OSP choke. Hats off to Ovens. You had a whole camp. It's the one choke he's good at. Dude. <laughs> You shouldn't avoid it. You shouldn't. I got some questions, bro. Hey, take a seat over there, buddy. Yeah. But then after that fight, he beats Corey Anderson on short notice. Powerful Ovens. I, I want to see him come back and fight Uzdemir again. I want to see him fight Manawa again. OSP, I think, has real potential to be a champion. He's a young guy, powerful guy, former college football player. Yeah, he gets off the couch going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm still I, top five. I bet you he gets the Manawa rematch. I bet you he gets the Manawa rematch, too. I think it's the fight that makes sense. I really hope Corey Anderson makes a full recovery from this guy. He's a great guy. Hit him up on Twitter. Let him know you're thinking about him. Keep him in your thoughts and dreams because no shame. he's in a different planet right now. Yeah, no. He's ascended to the <laughs> ethereal plane because OSP someone, the there's go, no shame in that man. Someone go snatch Corey Anderson's soul because I think it's in the stratosphere, guys. <laughs> he, someone, was, he was hovering above his own body. having an out-of-body experience. I'm not even talking shit. OSP would kick Dude, my I was head off in 20 seconds. But no. that's the whole point. You watch this long enough, everybody gets caught. And it oh, sucks so because everybody gets Corey caught. Anderson was owning this fight. Yeah, he was. He was but controlling it. We digress. Go watch that fight because that knockout is horrifying. Horrifying. But next we're going to get into a pretty interesting fight. This is Walt Harris versus Godbeer. This was a kind of a controversial fight because Walt Harris is a a dick. <laughs> kind of controversial. <laughs> All right, let fight? me let me talk about this fight. All right. So this is this was supposed to this was sold to people as being a uh, striker versus striker matchup. You know, that was supposed to be a knockout, uh, a goal-oriented fight. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so they put it up. Everyone was talking about in the uh, matchup. Walt Harris was saying things like, I am the best striker within uh, the United, uh, within the UFC, sorry, um, <laughs> versus Godbeer. <laughs> Hello? Guys? <laughs> I'm talking about my notes. <laughs> I'm not even listening to you. His current nightmare. Dude, don't cry. <laughs> Yo, came in. Dude, don't cry. We're going to give you a hug. I'm sorry. I zoned the fuck out. <laughs> Cameron's like, uh, hello? Uh. So sum this fight up, Walt Harris, you massive dick, dude. Super, don't, so, after you use someone in the ball. So we have Godbeer and Walt Harris, two very unknown heavyweights, going up against each other, and everyone said this was going to be fireworks. It was pretty lame, I'm going to be honest. They were just feeling each other out in the first round. Nothing happened. Nothing really happened. But then, um, something happened with Godbeer. I think it was a crotch shot or his mouthpiece fell out. Yeah, it was a fucking crotch shot. Oh, dude. so it was a crotch shot. He kicked him right in the dick. Like, okay. they zoomed in on this thing. It was a clear nut shot. 
So the ref is going to move in and separate him because Godbeer grabs Godbeer grabs his cup. Clearly, a cup shot turns away turns and he's like, away. "My cup." Starts walking. And the ref away. says, uh, "But well, as he's walk, as he turns, the ref's like, time, 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 time." Walt <laughs> Harris. He literally says time eight times. You guys can look this up. Look at it. Godbeer Walt Harris. The ref touches Walt. Goes time, time, stop, stop, stop. Walt walks up. Head kicks him as hard as he, he can. He loads up a kick. Gadish! As Godbeer's turning the other me? way, walking back to his corner. Godbeer can't continue the fight. Yeah, because he just got fucking head After kicks. that. And it goes... To, I think Godbeer won, right? Yeah, Versus disqualification. And it's such a lame way for this fight to go out. Wow. You want to see Godbeer come back from this, especially since... I'm going to be honest. This was a foot slap head kick. To be fairly honest, this was not a shin to head... This was a foot slap. I think Godbeer was looking for ways out of the octagon. That being said, Walt Harris is Whoa. Walt Harris is not justified. This is not cool. This is not me condoning his behavior. Right. That being said, I think it was uh, Godbeer. Sh- Godbeer should have stayed in the fight. Yeah, he should have. And I think he was looking for reasons to take a free win. Yep. But Walt Harris then tried to say that he got caught up in the moment and that he didn't know what was going on. Oh, he said on. all the wrong things to keep the fight going. I got caught up in the moment, man. The ref was in your face. Yeah, you can literally... When he says it right in front of you, he's screaming time and he touches you before you kick a guy yeah, in the head. Yeah, ref touches you, you have to stop Maybe don't look fu- at him. Maybe don't put the full whiz on that one, huh? Yeah. You know, it's... I think you're right. I think Otter was looking for a way out. Because I've seen, I've seen guys get hit harder and almost knocked unconscious... And st- and come back and still finish and win the fight. Frank Edgar gets hit harder in every fight. Yeah, and as a, yeah, <laughs> he almost gets knocked out every. And fight. Not, even, not only him, TJ Delshaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. And as a fan of the UFC and all this, I find it disrespectful that this fight was slotted above in the prelims. Ovin St. Pru versus Corey yeah. Anderson and Randy Brown versus Mickey Gall. Simply because of the because weight class. Walt Harris, weight. yeah, because big guys. Yep. But Walt Harris and Mark Godbeer don't have nearly the credentials, nearly the skills to justify them being put this high up. And I think they prove that in this fight. Yeah, but you hear me say that all the time. It's not about the weight class. They have to get that out of their heads. Exactly. It's about the level of the fighters. Who's your main card? The champions are, or obviously, who's the more experienced fighter? You don't and just I, slap it up there because it's the heavyweights. I think fighting fans are coming around to see the light and are praising Demetrius Johnson for the Hell ta- yeah. tactical mastermind he is. Hallowed Great, be thy fire. name. Yep. <laughs> Mighty Mouse. But I, I wish the best for both these guys. I'm not saying that you know their careers are done or anything. Yeah. I just think Walt Harris needs to take a look at his behavior. Okay. And Godbeer needs to... Man up. Man up and look to stay in the fight. Yeah. Yeah, now he's got that salty-ass record of 10-7. and seven. Oh. Oh, that is not good. Oh, well, but to be fair, Walt, Walt Harris's last fight, he stepped in at last second. Literally the same day, I believe, to fight Fabricio Verdum. Well, that's not a smart thing to do. <laughs> That's a hard task, boy. I well, think you know what a, that is? I think it was a 30-second armbar. So. And not only that, it's called um, how much? Okay. Yeah, okay. How much? Okay. <laughs> it's the money game. Yeah, it's what it is. I can catch This track. next fight on the prelims was by far the most fascinating to me. It's James Vick versus Joe Duffy. Okay. Joe Duffy. A lot of people don't know him, but he's one of the most underrated fighters, in my opinion. Mm, in, in your this, opinion. Yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> he beat Conor McGregor. That says something. Yeah, when Conor McGregor was greener. Yeah, he was like 14. Greener still, than a first Yeah, but how many worker. years ago was that? Was that a decade? Yeah. All right, then you can't hold that true. I'm sorry. It was in the local scene in Ireland. Wow. I think it was Cage Warriors. Yeah, I think it was. I believe it was in Cage Warriors before Conor McGregor was the champion of Cage Warriors. Still what, very what's, fascinating, though. Yeah, what's, yes. his, what's his record currently? 
His record is 17 and 3. That's very respectful. Very respectful. But this fight actually played out fairly interesting. Duffy just felt sluggish, couldn't seem to find his range most of the fight. It was an awkward fight because you have a guy like James Vick where he so is fucking long. so long his for the weight class. His arms are impossibly long. Wow. People talked about how crazy it is that this kid can make weight at 155 being 6'2". Oh my god. 6'3"? Six two or six three? That's insane. So uh, his wingspan is almost seventy two inches, probably. So he's massive. six three at one fifty five. Yeah, wow. six two six three. He's, he's, a, he's a reach of seventy six inches. At I told you, didn't I say it? Seventy two, seventy six inches. That's why he can catch Darces from literally a foot away. It's ridiculous. <sighs> so the tale of this, um, you know, you have, close to him. you have J- uh, James Vick keeping at a distance with the jab, jab in his face. Joe Duffy's getting upset. He's starting to take risks, yeah. and then you have in round two, James Vick. Lands a shot. Yeah, dude. Joe Duffy, he's getting frustrated, getting picked apart from Rightfully the Rightfully so, because yeah. it's so hard. So he starts to, to bull his way forward and push forward, and then James Vick is pawing him with the jab. Puts the jab right we against We call the, that a John Jones. Jab, puts the Boom. Jab, yep. Boom. Puts the jab right against Smart. his nose. Uppercut. Only takes a second. Boom. Jab, right uppercut. It's classic John. Not and he him. wins by KO, TKO in the, fourth, in the second round. Uh, it, this is a really interesting fight because it holds pretty huge implications. Because that means that James Vick is ten and one, I believe. Uh, let me check. Ten and one or eleven and one in the very UFC, respectable. which is a very respectable record. Yeah, especially twelve and one. Twelve and one. And wow. Now he's looking at one fifty-five too. And he's like one of the only guys that has a record like that that's not ranked. Which makes no sense. Which is crazy. So he's definitely going to get a ranked opponent after this. He's definitely probably going to be on the ranked list. I was going to say, is he even in the top ten? Well, no. top 15 he'll probably be in now. Yeah. Well, he should be in the top 10 with that kind of record. Uh, well, you have to. F- f- I agree that he should be ranked, but I'm not saying top well, 10. Or- well, he should be fighting a 7 or an 8 next. Uh, yeah, I think he deserves something like that. He, he does. deserves a test. And he asked for that at the end of this fight. He's, he deserves it. But this is, this is not tr- ranked. That makes not no ranked. sense. This is troubling because I really like I really like Joe Duffy. He's got a hell of a fighter's heart. He's very skilled. and You guys always pull for that. You gotta pull for the guys. You do, who's, you do. Well, fighting's a tough game. It is because one guy, two guys go in, one guy comes that's out. That's it. It's only one winner. You know. But you know one thing that's interesting: people do not want to fight either of these two guys. No. people they're have been ducking both of them. They're tough as shit, and they and they they're not that popular yet because they're not ranked. Why aren't these guys ranked at twelve? Because and if one, Joe at Duffy, if I'm ranked twelve, seventeen and, and four or sixteen and four now. If I'm ranked twelve and Joe Duffy comes across my table as an offered fight. I'm not signing that. I would like to see James Vick fight uh, Evan Dunham or get the rematch with Benio <sighs> See, that's Darius. infuriating me. It's not about your choices. To me, to be honest with you, if you're in the top 10, when you get to the top 10, your choices should be made for you. And that's Dana White's got to step the heck up and say, listen, I think we need some great fights. And well, if these are great fighters, I agree we, with you completely. That's the NFC's problem. Yeah. They need to make stars. Yes. They can't just and invest be, in fighters. And, and here's the other thing you just can't wait for them to come by and lightning strike. You got two guys standing on the outer fringes here with great records. Why not put them in the mix? Tell their stories. Yes. And here's the other thing. Put him against some seven and eights. Sorry, guys. You know, anywhere from seven to eight down to ten. These guys deserve a shot with those type of records in the UFC. And why? Here's the funny part. Why have I not seen them? Why we haven't seen them? I don't know either of these guys. They're not getting fights on Fox Sport One. Yeah, they buried them. I don't know. Uh, it makes no sense. Yeah, that's why I'm excited. You know what I mean? Because James Vick does bring it when he fights. 
you know, he goes for finishes pretty regularly. Twelve and one is 12 a very one impressive is a finish. record. You know, how many KOs does this guy have? I'm not sure it's that. <sighs> you know, I think he has some submission wins. But, uh, you know, it was a pretty good fight to end the prelims on. Some yeah. pretty explosive prelims, in my opinion. Without uh, a doubt. It's, I, it, it, I would have rather had this one on the main card. It was a hell of a way to kick off. Oh, the main card the main was card. blowout. I insane, know, but though. still, I would, these was, two fighters I would have loved to have seen. It was Yeah, I agree. But I it was bonkers. It. Out of James Vick's 12 fights, he's finished eight. Via KO or submission. Unbelievable. Five he's submissions. A, he's a fucking murderer. He's a finisher. Five submissions, three KOs. Wow. So two-thirds of his fights are finishes. Yep. Why is he not? There, enough said. Okay. I'm sorry. Powerful James Vick, you know? <coughs> Dana White makes something happen. He'll get it. He'll get it. I think he's going to be on the next card in Texas. He better be. And now, ladies and gentlemen. We go into the best five fights in the We're game. getting into the main card. Holy shit, boys and girls. What the hell happened at MSG? We had the first fight. You have Johnny Hendricks versus, I don't want to mess up his name, Paulo Costa. Yes. The Brazilian, he, he, this guy is First of all, before we even talk about the fights, look at this side-by-side comparison. Look at these photos. Yeah, we got uh, Johnny. I See, I don't want to say anything rude about Johnny. But I will. Johnny, I'll, I'll say it. What Johnny, the hell is he doing fighting this weight class? Johnny, toddler body, Hendricks. Johnny's soft body. Versus Why is he fighting this way? Paulo Costa, who is a thick 185. He looks like a Brazilian bodybuilder. About as muscled out as you can get for a UFC um, fighter. And he passed all his drug tests. Yes. They tested him. Passed his seven, seven times. times. Unbelievable. He but comes in there. Why is Johnny Hendricks fighting 186, guys? Can't keep his diet under control. Well, he weighed in 186 for this fight, and that's the part. And oh, both yeah, of them yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. But but why the hell would you be fighting this weight class? This has been documented. Johnny Hendricks has know, but such it, a hard time controlling his diet. They did not even deserve to be in the same ring looking at them. He looked this crazy. was the definition of a bully beatdown. Close not only that, I expected so Johnny to walk over to him and said, Hold my hand, Daddy. I mean, he was literally that much bigger than him. It was crazy. And then you just have Head and shoulders. Uh, the only way I can describe this fight is a is a brutal walk down. Yeah, because you had Johnny Hendricks at 5'9", and, and you had Costa at 6'4". I do have to say this one thing about 6'4". Costa 6'4". One cannot question. You can question Johnny Hendricks' conditioning. You can question his diet. But you cannot question his heart in this fight. I don't question he, his heart. I he question ch- his his freaking cognitive abilities. What? six feet tall. Six feet? Oh, I thought he was 6'4". Are you he's, sure? Yeah, he's six feet tall. All right, so. Oh, 6'4". Jesus. But 6'4 would be massive. Still, 5'9 to 6 feet, dude. That's a height advantage, sir. He looked giant compared to Johnny Hendricks. But let's, let's, I just gonna pick him up. I wanted to touch. Johnny Hendricks fought so hard to stay in this fight, recovering from every shot this Brazilian threw. But let me tell you, this kid looked clean technically. You know, he looked sound. And shockingly enough, this was his longest fight. It went into the second round. Yeah. And he didn't look that gassed. One, no, he looked about fine. About a minute and a half, 123 in a second. Which is odd. You, you don't see a lot of muscle-bound guys with good gas tanks. No. And he gets a powerful TKO. One of the one of the hardest TKOs I've seen. You have Johnny's head getting snapped back constantly in the second round. You We all knew what was happening. It was just waiting for when it was yeah, going to happen. Literally, he was waiting for Costa to explode. Well, Costa just kept dominating in the middle of the ring. And this is really unfortunate. It comes, on the, it comes on the back of Johnny Hendricks moving camps to Jackson Wink. Yeah, he only went about two weeks. They were saying two or three weeks. That's it. 
And, you know, he's changing a lot of his trainers. He sure. thought that he was going to have a revitalization of his career. And this is pretty much turns out to be what I perceive. I don't want to throw too much shade at the guy because he just lost. But this pers- I perceive it to be the nail in the coffin for he me. He lost two. He, he's only won two of his last eight. He now has to adapt or die, in my opinion. Yeah. And he shouldn't get a shot. In, in qu- he shouldn't be on a main card for a while, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was at the tail end of this main card, and he just, you can't. He did not look like he deserved to be there you, with you Paulo Costa. No, he, he, Costa dominated middle of the ring. But his let's talk about- and kicks were unbelievable. I mean, and his body shots just shook him to his core. I mean, the only thing that that John Hanks had going for him were kicks, and he didn't get him off because he was just trying to recover from every time he got hit. It was it was a rough fight to watch. As a Johnny Hendricks fan, I like Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, big rig, baby. But let's talk about the other side of this coin. Paulo Costa looked amazing. This is a young guy. He's a Brazilian who's learning America, uh, learning English and to appeal to, to American fans. Yes, I appreciate that as an American fan because if I'm in Brazil, I'm using the translator. Yeah. Nope. I'm a bitch boy. I'm not going to try to nope, learn Portuguese. He he, he's adapting. He's yep. trying to be a star power in Brazil. He talked about wanting to be one of the new legends, um, just like Wand, Von, Wanderlei. Don't want to say Wanderlei. He's not German. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Wanderlei and Verdum. He talked about how he wants to be at the forefront of Brazilian mixed martial arts. And if he keeps getting knockouts like this against high-profile names. And main events. He's on the short list. Definitely on the list because I'll tell you what, he just looked incredible. Now 11-0. and 0. Jesus Christ. Powerful. You have seen your wagon to this guy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You want, you want to talk about building new stars? This is a guy that you should tell his story. You should build him up Again. in the eyes of American. You, how often do we see uh, uh, a guy who looks good, carries himself well, fights his damn heart out, and is learning English to appeal to American fans? Yeah. To keep up his fan base or to promote the UFC's fan base is what you want. I mean, he, the only people I can see who have done that and have adapted are Wanderlei, Verdum, those high-level Brazilians, Anderson Silva. But you said it, high level. Yes. I mean, that's so, what comes to pass. I personally hope <clears throat> that he continues on this run. But let's move on to the next fight. Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. An interesting fight on paper. But, you know, this, this was... I'm going to be honest. In the main card, this was the sleeper fight. I agree. It was definitely... To, but to be fair, Stevens had some slow, slow fights. But the but card, you, the card yeah. made this fight look worse by comparison. Can we say that? It was an interesting fight. 100%. Yeah, but it's still number four against a number one. Yeah, yeah. It was a good fight. I mean... Stand, I mean the, the, it was good, clean, He still doesn't have up. a great... He doesn't have a great record of 32 and 12 coming in. Wonderboy was 13-1-1. and one. Uh, Both top four fighters... I mean, you can't keep letting the same guys fight each other. You had to mix it up a little bit. And and Masvidal was coming off of a knockout of Cowboy Cerrone. Exactly. And I think that's a really good part of it. I mean, you got to put him in the mix. And you can't have him fighting the same guys. And you can't have the same thing where they just walk around the ring the entire time, which unfortunately is what happened. But here's the thing. From a technical standpoint, if I'm in Wonderboy's corner, I would tell him to fight exactly how we fought that night. Mm -hmm. But the sad part is for fans... It's not what they want to see. They want to see fighters go for it. But the problem is, if Wonder Boy, he can't just throw crazy wheel kicks like he did against Jake Ellenberger and the lower level welterweights. No. You know, he just can't do it at this level. If he does that, he's going to get knocked out. And we saw that in the first Tyrant fight. And I think that's why the second Tyrant fight was so slow. 
it's because he got clipped the few times that he did try to be the aggressor in that match. Yeah, I have to agree with you completely. People will be talking about his his rather boring decision wins, but if he loses a fight, they'll forget about him completely. They won't even be talking about his wins at all. Yeah, because he doesn't win in a great fashion. But you're right. I mean, you're not going to tell him to fight to fight any differently. And again, going back to the point of uh, Masvidal, I mean, this fight needed to happen. You're still talking about a number four against a number one. I mean, like you said, he beat Cerrone, he beat Edwards, he, he beat your guy Lozon. Yeah, he did. And it, he, <gasps> no, no, but you gotta, you gotta put him in there and let him keep fighting. There's yeah. nothing else you can do. Um, but Thompson did what he was supposed to do. Got the job done. Yeah, low kicks. Uh, the way he a lot used, of lefts to the head. He landed I mean, a solid knockdown too. Yes, he did. Legit knockdown. He uses that karate style to make everything to make everything Masvidal was doing so ineffective. Yeah, I mean the the, the just completely stance where both of his legs are like sideways toward his opponent. You don't know what's going to happen. Like what's now, coming your way. It just completely neutralized Masvidal's game. You, that was the first time I saw a game bred look puzzled. And you don't know what's and going on. And it's a common Masvidal look for guys who fight wider wonder The only boy. time he ever did anything, Masvidal I'm talking about, is when he actually pushed in and got close. That's the only time he can do anything on him. And when he did do that, he landed some good shots, but it wasn't enough to pull off a win. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm looking forward to seeing what Wonderboy can do. Rumor has it that he's fighting Darren Till, powerful Darren Till, who just got a knockout win over Cowboy Cerrone. Oh, yeah, no, Cowboy, no. Oh, yeah. But Darren Till looked sensational, and Wonderboy said he's down to fight him in Manchester. Wow. That'd be a crazy fight. Darren, that, you know, is the pride of Manchester. If I'm being perfectly honest, it's a bad fight for Wonderboy. That's a really tough fight. I don't fight. like that fight. Because yeah, you, but he's got to fight his way You have back a guy out. in Darren Till. He just Hill. fought two times against the champ. Yeah. And he lost both. And that's the problem. Joe Rogan has talked about this. All the fight commentators have talked about this. It is so hard to justify a third fight you can't. where you lose to the champ and you tie the champ. There's no justification now, you have. I agree completely. It's been settled. So he's got to go back this out. This is not he's fighting go He has to clear the out. board. This yes. is not fighting your way back. Fighting Darren Till is not fighting your way back up. Yeah, fighting but is he one four. of the is he one of the hardest fighting guys? Number six. Now I think if Wonderboy beats Darren Till, then he can justify another title shot. No, because you no, have an up and coming no, guy in Darren no. Till who's icing guys and has one of the best. Judges I'd rather see him against. I've seen in the octagon. I'd rather see him fight uh, number six, uh, Rafael Desandros. Rafael Desandros. Sorry, yeah. he's Brazilian, so you gotta. I, I'd rather see him fight. I'd rather see him beat this guy, Mass, and then come back and fight a number six. You know what's sad. I would. Cowboy Cerrone cannot escape Rafael Dos Anjos. He leaves 155 to go to 170 where he's healthier, right? He's healthier, but And he's now still... Frankenstein has followed him up. Yeah, yeah but he, he's just not. And honestly, a that's a fight that makes sense for both of them right now. I don't well, like Cerrone against fight. him again? I don't like Cowboy in that fight either. No, I wouldn't fight him if I was Cowboy. Dos Anjos? No. no you go back down to 155, fight. he's not there anymore. Well, no, he was cutting hard to make I know, but fight. he's just not a 170. No, but to go back to this Stephen Thompson-Darren Till fight, Darren Till, despite the fact that he's an amazing fighter, and he's probably the most skilled stand-up other than Stephen Thompson in that division. Sorry, Tyron. <laughs> well, you got a big overhand right, and he's got No, that's cardio, pretty much it, yeah. But, I mean, Darren Till's in another world on his striking, and he's just not well-known enough, and he's far too dangerous for Stephen Wonderboy to even 
That's why Think I'm worried about taking because that fight. If he loses to Darren Till, Stephen Wonderboy will fall off the ranking Like charts. he he loses a lot down. of his relevance, and he's gonna have to take uh, yeah. fights against like rank fifteen people. Then he, literally, yeah, but then I mean, he fighting. just beats number five, uh, number four, and you're gonna tell him if he loses this fight, he's off the board. Not off the board, but he will okay. be fighting between ten and. He's 15. gonna have to fight a hungry young guy. Then he literally will have to fight his way back up the entire ranking board. I still think I, I I respect him for taking a hard fight. But let's say this Prime was a hard fight. Jorge I, I, not only this fight, I'm talking about the fight that if he does take that fight, I respect him going outside the box and well, taking I hope, somebody. I hope fans know what he's taking on. If... They don't, because I'm I'm an average fan and I wouldn't. Well, not unless you it's guys. It's a just very scary fight for him. Good. You have a guy good. who could seriously knock him out, and we're talking. This is a very good possibility because we we have a guy who relies more on technique and timing sure. than than speed and power like Tyron did. Tyron's going to run at you with the overhand right and hit you so fast that you're not going to be able to see it. But Wonderboy's too good for that. He's too technical. And it'll be really hard to beat Tyron because he's an All-American with a crazy overhand right. Not trying to win, but desperately focusing on not losing. Yeah. But now you have a guy in Darren Till who is so smooth with his timing. If you watch the Cerrone fight, the perfectly planned elbows he landed to get the finish and the level of patience he showed in the finish. Granted, he swarmed when he needed to, but I was shocked at the restraint he showed in following Cerrone yeah, to the ground. You and I talked about this. One of the most fascinating things about watching his striking was he looked a, very much like Conor McGregor. Very similar. Very Who's this? Similar. In the same Darren in and out Till. movements yeah. in Darren Till. He looked smooth the way he would guide his, uh, his power hand you know, to It just looked like he was Cowboy. touching his opponent. He looked like he was touching Cowboy, but he was doing so much damage. Yeah. That is Conor And that's McGregor. Conor McGregor. That Conor is. McGregor looks like he's flowing, yet he's knocking guys dead. Dead. He's, yeah, light switching. Yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Steven in the future. Hats off to Jorge Masvidal for taking Got the fight. It. Granted, yeah. I don't like his attitude at all. Why? His personality outside the octagon. He's just had some real nasty behavior. Very dry. He's talked about how he's had problems with motivation in the past and oh, really? stuff like that. And I thought he fought a very respectable fight. He did. He fought his ass yeah. off. He, he fought his ass off. I mean, he got knocked on his ass I and love got his right performances back up. as a fighter. Don't get me wrong. I oh, love yeah. him as a fighter. I just think outside the octagon, I, I just don't like him as much, okay. to be honest. But let's get on to the the three title fights. Holy shit, guys. Fuck me, dude. What the fuck happened? I, I, I just That's all I can say. That sums it up for me. What? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I was sitting there watching the fights, stunned. Stunned. Mouth agape. For yeah. an hour and a half. Didn't know that. where I was. Up was down. Down is up. I literally felt like Alice in Wonderland. Yep. I was like, what happened? Yep, number four against the champ. Let's I talk didn't about... I know how to feel. Uh, yeah. I, but I literally called Mason after the fights and I was like, where do we go from here? Yeah, 14 I, I and felt 0. lost as a fight fan. Why? When you have the belts moving around like this and shifting, I'm kind of okay with this. That. Was, oh, it's hard yeah, of for, course. I know you are, but it's hard for the the, the casual fan to, to understand to understand the shifting of the belts and, and really wait. That it can love that man. I thought it was fantastic. It is, this is this was great for fighting, but it was also insane. And for a lot of the established like rankings, it's all in flux now, baby. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, let, it's so mind blowing. We just have to get into it. Yoani and Jacek, the longtime champ, uh, featherweight champion, of fourteen the world. and zero, strawweight queen, strawweight. Sorry, I don't know yep. if I said featherweight. Um, so she's defended her belt six times, if I'm not six times, six times. Okay, in dominating fashion. Yes. Dominating fashion, despite the fact that some of those fights went to a decision, she was piecing those girls up the entire time. Yep. 
And then you come out in the very first round against a very tough Rose Namahunas. I'll admit, I'll admit it. I underestimated her skills. I knew Rose was tough as shit. Yeah, I didn't. I thought she was going to get knocked I knew, I knew, out. I knew Rose had the skills to beat up on lower level talent like Paige Van Zandt. We saw but that fight. Not. Paige Van Zandt versus Rose Namajunas was a bully beatdown. But to to take out Joanna Young Jacek, uh, eight-time Muay Thai world champion. Yeah, 14-0. Holy guacamole! What I mean, is happening? The left-right combo that first the first knockdown was just. Oh, what can you say? You have Thug Rose coming in there. She wins the belt, and it was stunning. And but you have to credit a lot of people with this win, right? You have to credit Rose, but you also have to credit Trevor Whitman, her striking and head coach. This guy has an established style of striking that is so hard to learn, so complex that you have guys who trained for decades in his gym. Not de- decades, more like decade, and haven't figured it out. Oh, I know. It's, and you saw Thug Rose put it together. Juana only landed five punches. That's five the, strikes, not even punches. That's the crazy. It was part. quick. I'm this sorry. was the only time I'd see Joanna punch air as much as she did. Yep, she kept messing. She her. looked slow. Slow. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Normally she is. She did look off. I agree with normally that. Normally she has the speed advantage. She has every. She's moving slicker, but. Yep. She, Rose just looked like everything was flowing, and she knew where her shots were going to land. I don't know, man. Ever she got after the first shot, she just hooked, hurt from there on out. She I really mean, it, did. you could tell Rose was throwing Wasn't some right. vicious. Yes, she was. I think I think Ioana greatly underestimated Rose. Yes, that's what I think. She I was constantly was talking about how she's heading to MSG to clip some roses, yeah. and she's going to take her soul. And granted, if she had won, we'd all be saying this bitch is the fucking best. Like, yeah, like I did. I thought she was going to I win. thought she was too. I I would have put if you would have asked me to put down money, I would have put 20 on Joanna for sure. Yeah. I thought she was going to clip those roses without a doubt. I did. I didn't think it would go I didn't even think it would go a couple <laughs> and, rounds. And this is the fight where I I immediately mid-card called Mason and was yeah. like, "What? No yep. kidding. What? Uh, just but outstanding. That, that left hook was so brutal, clean. right? Brutal. It's like you said, Joanna was throwing her right and it just seemed like she went around like in the freaking matrix oh. and connected with that left hook. And talk about a light switch. Her knees Douche, just went right? right out from under Whenever her. Whenever I see stuff like that from champions, it always scares <sighs> me because it, I feel like I'm having flashbacks to Chuck Liddell where I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Glass jaw now. Yeah, glass jaw he's syndrome. immortal after all. Yeah, you know. And then from here on, it's out, kind of that mortal after yeah. all feeling. No, no, it no, really I agree. Is. Yeah, I mean, what if what if as Joanna was fighting, the button on her chin was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and now it's really easy to just. And she's been know. in wars. Yes, yeah, she has. Yes, yeah, she has. You want to talk about the Karolina Kovalkovich, um, Claudia Gadelia? You it, know, just just real, real wars. And she's she's fought Muay Thai for so many years yep. before that. But let's not let's not do what I think a lot of fighting analysts are doing. As oh, soon not as giving a champion, credit to. As soon as a champion yeah. nope. loses, they're like, oh, champ's done. This new person is the best uh, fighter in the world. No, I ever. think you've got to give Joanna a rematch. I do too. Yeah. She's defended the both six saying, times. People are saying Joanna's done. I don't think she's done by a long shot. I liked her reaction too. This isn't personal. It was a fight. I'm okay. Yeah. I let's like do it too. again. She yeah. wasn't bitchy and whiny, and she knew every she got caught term. and she got finished. Yeah, she did. She was like, and not immediately too, because when the ref called it, she got up against the. It was so funny. You can tell, always tell when a fighter is. I mean, when they're out, she got up against the thing and was like, "What's going? We're stopped. Why are we stopped?" That's you know? the most. And then she walked around see. hurt 
from one side of the cage to the, another until her people grabbed her because literally her switch was turned off. It's, it's one of the most heartbreaking things to see. Oh, yeah. When fighters don't know what's happening, don't know what's happened. Yeah, because they were out cold. Absolutely. But we'll have to see how it develops. If I had to say anything, I think uh, is going to get that rematch against Rose. You got to give her one. I think Rose is going to develop to be a great star. Thug Rose, oh she's got God. a hell of an attitude on her. And how about Daniel Cormier with that commentary? Thug Rose! Yeah. Thug, Thug Rose! <laughs> I love it. I love it. He was screaming, man. He was I love great. it. He was great, man. I look forward to, yep. the, to the rematch. You know, this is going to be fireworks. But a new 25-year-old straw champ, uh, strawweight champ. Now let's get down to a matchup where I think it is the two... Two of the most talented fighters on planet Earth. Without a doubt, dude. And yeah. I was telling Mason leading up to this fight, ah, it sucks that they have to fight because I don't want to see either of them lose, I man. don't. I really don't want to see... I, you have Cody Garbrandt, an undefeated kid. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see you, either of them lose. You have TJ Dillashaw who's only lost like two, like a handful of fights. Yeah, Cody 11-0 and coming into the fight undefeated. And you have uh, 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 TJ Dillashaw who's only lost to uh, a razor-thin decision to yep. Dominic Cruz. 15-3. and three. You know, he's lost John Dodson, I believe, in the Ultimate Fighter finale. And then Rafael Sunsau, which he it, it later fought a Sunsau again and was completely... Dismantled him. Yeah, it completely dominated him. So, uh, you know, this fight... And it, a lot of people, just to, sorry to cut you yeah. off, but a lot of people think that he beat Dominic Cruz. So. Yeah, that is true. That was a razor-thin <laughs> I do. decision. I was one of those guys. You know, even though he got hands off to Dominic Cruz, yes. he, he was the champion. But then this kid... Cody motherfucking So just Garbrandt. to put that in perspective, can, can he you? lost to John Dodson. He got caught early, early on in his career in 2010. Then he lost a split decision to Rafael Sunsau in Brazil. That matters. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Home field. Yeah, and then he Home lost field. to Dominic Cruz in another split decision. That many fight analysts were saying he won. Okay, just to put that into perspective. And then he had this fight against Cody Garbrandt. Now... I, I, I really like Cody Garbrandt and DJ Dillashaw. I don't know why Dillashaw got so much hate going into this fight. I can tell you why. Because it's the Ultimate Fighter Champions, that TV show. Well, yeah. yeah. And it's also the whole fact that everyone's calling him like a snake. Yeah. Connor coined the term snake in the grass. Thank you, Conor McGregor. People yeah. love nicknames and branding. That's yeah. Why. And, they, and he and stuck TJ's it. It comes out villain. of Conor McGregor's mouth. It's a brand. Because exactly. TJ wanted to... To, you know, do what was best for him and go with the coach that he had formed a bond with and exactly. was helping develop his skills. Everyone was like, oh, screw you. You're leaving your family behind. Yeah, but I love There are no families sport, in the fight dude. game. Exactly. Because that, that's the part I never understood. And I said it for, from the beginning. If, if It's not like we're playing a team sport here, man. If I got to do what's best for me. And, and it's funny when you say Conor McGregor coined the phrase, is there a bigger fighter in UFC that does just what's best for him? Oh, Conor yeah, McGregor. You know, and then he calls him a snake for leaving camp and going where he's going to feel comfortable, where he feel like he can train the best. Well, granted, he was trying to create a divide between I understand that, but don't, and, and TJ, you know, and he did just that. He, yeah, but very well. That, that's that part I did not like about the whole thing. My thing is, you, TJ would be silly not to. He was being so successful at fighting uh, with. Uh, team Muscle Farm yes. and his yeah, coach at, Ben at Sacramento, yeah. Why would you not go fight at Muscle Train at Muscle Farm and train with uh, Dwayne? Muscle Farm was paying him to yeah, train there at Elevation Fight Team. At Elevation Fight Team, He's probably making more and money. And then he actually moved He's again, way more money. Because, yeah, but you don't know all the facts. You know, no, he moved his, again for a good reason. Yeah, because he had found okay. this new. It's called the Training Lab. It's a it's a peak performance. A physical training program with this coach, and clearly we saw that the conditioning came very oh important. We're going to talk about that in a second. Reddit became it became very important for a different reason. I'll talk about it a little bit later. But he moved again and worked with, flew Dwayne out multiple times to work with him in camp, 
And, you know, we saw he looked clean. But let's not take anything away from Cody Garbrandt. As you guys know, let's let's just talk about the fight, what happened. These two guys come in. Cody, the team alpha male champ, looked fucking amazing versus Dominic Cruz. Just give him a bit of an introduction. This kid is putting people to sleep But he eons. He did not look like the same fighter when he came out against Dillashaw. He was, I disagree. You I'm sorry. So? I disagree. I, th- I thought in this fight he was stoic. And he did not move as well as he fought when he fought against Cruz. I disagree. I disagree. I think, yeah. I think TJ has an awkward style. He was doing well and figuring it out. At the end of the first round, he almost knocked TJ. Oh, we no. can he, look at this. Put it this way: if, it, if that was a minute instead of the end of the the end of that round, we'd have won. Yeah, he could have won. He could have finished. TJ. Moreover, that's what that's where I was going to say. This TJ's condition, new conditioning coach, came in handy. You cannot train your chin, but you can train how quickly you react to getting dropped. Are you about to say he came back in that second round? He looked like he wasn't even hurt at all. No, that's he, the he, thing. He came back in that second round looking fresh as daisies. He got knocked it cold at the end of that round, guys. I was I know, shocked. He how got quickly. up wobbly and staggered away and then back to his corner. Yeah, but he, and then came out looking fresh. I know. He looked I know. fine. And that's where I think he made the right decision going to training lab. I was skeptical of that decision too. I was I was one of the critics saying I, I like that he moved to be with Dwayne and train with Dwayne. I wasn't sure about the training lab. I wasn't sure how much conditioning would translate. Clearly, we saw he reaped the benefits But of if that. you guys don't think he was as prepared for but, this fight as the Cruz, can I just say one yes, thing? Yes. All right. How is he so prepared for Cruz and embarrassed Cruz in that fight? I'm sorry. He anticipated every move. I thought he was – But now he's not ready for TJ Dillashaw. Who are you talking about? Oh, you're talking it's about Cody Garbrandt. It's yeah. all about. Matches. I know. I don't think he know, was improved, To be think completely he, honest, I don't, I don't think, think he. I don't think he was. I think he was completely prepared for TJ Dillashaw. I don't think so. I think Cody looked like the fighter we all we all know him to be. But what I do I, think happened was better against Cruz. Uh, let me let me let me unpack my point. Let okay. me unpack it. Okay. But I what I do think happened was he hit TJ with that home run punch in mm-hmm. the first round, and he let his guard down a little bit after that. I think so too. I think he he land, he knocked him down. You think he got too much confidence? No, he's like, no, no, no. I knocked him down hard as shit. I can do it again. Yeah, really? and he started really zoning in on that and dropping his hands, looking to throw punches. And that's when I think TJ capitalized, got that head kick, knocked him knocked down. down, and then yeah. just swarmed him, and that was the fight. Yeah, and round this two, fight, kick to the head. It was so explosive, Left. and honestly, it it, if, if you get a bunch of if you get ten TJs and ten Cody Garbrandts, and they fight. I'm not sure who comes out on top. Neither am I. The fight goes different. Uh, and that's when you, we were talking uh, another time where we were saying, oh, well, uh, he should give Cody another shot. I'm sorry. If I'm TJ, I'm not fighting this guy again. Oh, it's so risky. Not only for that reason. Not only because it's risky. I don't want to fight him again. But TJ lost a split decision to Dominic Cruz. And didn't get a motherfucking rematch. He, yeah. had, to fought, he had to fight fucking through the ringer to get to get back yeah, to this. No he, way. he had to fight John Lineker. Um, and Rafael Sunsau. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight him again. No way. You I'm literally, afraid. he literally had to fight two impossibly hard guys. You had John Lineker who was dropping people, Mr. Hands of Stone from Brazil. And then you had Rafael Sunsau who was ranked three at the time. Granted, he had coming already off of a, beaten yeah, TJ. TJ. TJ before. He granted, he was coming off of a long layoff. Beat him. Granted, he was coming off of a Again. A long layoff. Yeah. But, I mean, God damn. And, it, and here's the thing. TJ has a real case to be made for not giving Cody a rematch. Because if you can lose a razor-thin decision and not get a, and not get a rematch, not get a he sniff. had a point with saying, you know, he said multiple times, this shit is rigged, this shit is scripted, this is bullshit, I'm, I should be getting my title shot. And, I was, and he didn't. I think totally he was right. It was, I agree. 
And they waste a lot of time where you had this guy where he was in the prime of his career and you had him twiddling his thumbs waiting for his so next I, title I, shot. Was it a year or over, two years until he get, he's back at, at a title shot? How long? He lost to Dominic Cruz January 17th, 2016. He fought on July 9th, 2016. Uh, and then it's only fought, a year. And then he fought December 30th of 2016 and then yeah, he but November 4th. A year in his prime. A year in his prime, I know. But it's still three fights. But now we have a guy in Cody Garbrandt who was a young champion, now yeah. dethroned. I'm very excited to see what Cody Garbrandt does next. Yeah, well, I tell him to I'm go saying. to the bottom the, and fight his son. The first his loss of his career in the UFC, yeah. where does he go from here? Who does he fight next? Dude. It, Dominic Cruz. If he fights Cruz? if he fights anyone other than Dominic Cruz, I think they're going good night. He outclassed Dominic though. Mm. Oh, is he gonna do? Is he, he gonna fight Rivera Dom- then? He beat Dominic and outclassed him in some of the rounds. Toward the later rounds, Dominic. I mean Cruz, didn't they success. just say he's hurt again? He's not feeling right? Who is who is Jimmy Rivera fighting next? Oh, uh, that's a guy who's sleeping. He like everyone's sleeping on Jimmy Rivera. No one's talking about that kid. He's from I think New oh, Jersey. Dom, Dom is fighting Jimmy Rivera next. Get the winner of that fight. That's Dom is fighting Jimmy Rivera. It's going to be Cruz Dom. Rivera. Cruz Holy is fighting Rivera. Holy shit. That's there a tough winner fight for Dom. gets uh, Cody. And Cody. Then Dillashaw does the super fight with Demetrius. Yes. Yes. That's I agree with that. Because he was calling him out afterwards. He's calling him out the entire it, time. It, I love before that. Before this fight. Yeah. I want to I want to snap that streak. I want to snap that streak. You know what? I respect the hell out of it. And he I said do. he'd go down to 125 to do it. Said, I, I am. Absolutely. I am. I really want to see Cody come back strong. And that's another this. point you got to make. I think he made the right decision too with his training and everything. If he's confident, he could be as better going down to 125 and facing one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen. That fight is going to be. I can't wait. Insanity. Well, I need to know when they're going to put that on. They need to announce it way in advance. I want that night off. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. I'm telling I you mean, right now. I don't want to be at work. That's a pay-per-view that you buy. Live. Yes. Or you go someplace to watch. I'll yes. tell you that right you now. Because when that comes out, I definitely want to be off it's that night. Mighty I want to see it. I want to see it. And Two champs. The Bantamweight champ. I was going to pick one guy that would be able to beat Mighty Mouse. He's it. TJ Dillashaw's it. Yeah. He literally does everything that Mighty Mouse does. Arguably just as good. Yeah. Other than other than the mixing of styles, TJ's a bit more rigid, moving from like different areas to different areas. He was so Whereas Mighty loose, Mouse, though. Mighty Mouse, shocked Mighty me. Mouse is completely fluid between all styles of MMA. That's There's why I think he's he the do. best. I've never seen do. anyone go from a shot to a high kick to a tr- transition to an elbow the way Mighty Mouse no. does. To yeah, throw to, to an armbar. Arm bar like yeah, that. no shit. I mean, it literally looks like a video game when he fights. Yeah, he does. It's I'm going to hit A, B, and C. And he slides and, a trigger. and, he's, and it's, it's yeah, so smooth, his movements. Amazing. But and he was ringside. He was ringside T- screaming and yelling. It oh, was awesome. TJ's a tall motherfucking order, though. Yes, it is. Oh, sure. But that's a that's a fight I would love to see. He's It'll That's happen. the next fight, I'm It'll telling happen. you. It'll happen. Dana It'll White's happen. telling him, you got to step up out of your class. This is the fight everybody wants to see, including me. Yes. It is. With that, let's get to main the event. main event. The circus is in town, boys. Michael Bisping, our middleweight champion, taking on GSP Rush after a four year layoff. Four years. Michael Bisping, the mouth. Yeah, the count. The wannabe. The wannabe Connor. Can I talk as much? Oh my god, dude! Bisping's always been. It a got dick. to the point where I was like, just he's always shut run his, up. He's always fight. run his trap. He's always run his trap. Ugh. That's a characteristic that he's always had pre-Connor. Granted, he doesn't do it as well as Connor. No, 
but no, he doesn't. That's the problem. Can we just can we just lay out how this fight went? Yes, can we? Okay, so Michael came out looking like he should be put in assisted living, and he looked looked sluggish. He looked sluggish. He looked slow, and they kept saying he was in shape. He did not look in shape for me. He looked soft. Yep, and And he's he's not known to be hard. You want to know why he looked especially? Let's let's be honest. I don't think he looked. I uh, over all of that stuff. I think he looked. Like he was hesitating constantly, constantly in that fight. Look at him. Look at his movements. The, the reason I think he was af- afraid of him. Do you know why? Do you know why he trained with George back in two thousand and six? That's why George took the fight, and he got fucked up by George on the ground the entire time. That's why. That's George why George St. said he goes, "I'll come up I'll, and I'll go up out of my normal weight class. I'll fight him." Because he's confident he could His beat whole him. team felt like it would be the easiest fight for George coming back, and it, he made it look easy. Yeah. George even, looked. Better than when he was before, in my opinion. I disagree completely. No, I don't think he looked better. He looked, he looked like his movement was... Obviously because he put on weight, but he looked a little bit more rigid. He looked slower, obviously, he looked, with the heavier and weight. And he was not in shape. He was definitely in Well, shape. he was a bigger guy. He had to put on... M- muscle, and I know, but his endurance level... He was fatiguing. He was fatiguing. He's a hundred percent fatiguing, but there's a lot... He did not that. have the gas tank, but it, yes, I think he that did. was part of his strategy. He but, did not have the gas tank because no, four-year layoff, ring rust plays a huge factor. He came in heavier than he's ever competed at yeah. before. Those are all But factors. still, to get the win, boys. To get the oh, win no. no. He cracks gigantic. Bisbing, gets him down, strangles the man. Well, he hurts him with the, the, that Superman jab that's in the first insane. round. That's his key. That's his, but that's, he hurt him. It's always been his bread and butter. Yeah, strike. but if you know, it's freaking coming. Well, I mean, he landed... Over twice as many significant strikes. He landed three takedowns, and you know Bisping didn't land a fucking takedown. And he, he Bisping looked. Granted, Bisping had good elbows the, from the bottom. That's where he looked George. the best in the yeah, fight. Yeah, but he was afraid of being taken down. The best down. strikes Bisping landed were on his back. Yeah, compl- I agree completely. Well, Cutting he, up had George. A cu- he had a good couple right hands. He really, really yeah, did. did in the second round. But beyond that, the whole first round, he was just afraid of being taken down. And then the he gets, then he gets hurt. Then he gets hurt with that Superman jab. And then that was the end of the first round. Yeah. Really, that's the only thing that happened in the whole first round. But it's so interesting to see Rush back in the octagon, guys. It, it was, really was. It literally felt like I was watching a movie. I was like, Do you know what confused me the most? All right, so now you have GSP as your middleweight champion. But guess, guess what he jumped to? In the pound for pound rankings, if it's if it's anything over five, he I'm gonna be blood red mad. He hasn't fought in four years, and he beat Michael Bisping. First fight back, Michael Bisping, who some some believe is the champ, but should have an asterisk next to his name. He knocked him out. I he knocked. I, him I agree. Out. He's rightfully the champ. But Absolutely. Are, people are saying, oh, he's arguably the least talented champ of all time. Still champ, but. This win catapulted GSP from not ranked because he hadn't fought in four fucking years yeah. to number three pound for pound in the world. Oh, right now. No you're way. eating bologna sandwiches. Yeah. Who's Over, above him? Oh, who's Somebody above who's getting Conor paid. Conor McGregor and Demetrius Johnson are okay. the only two fighters above him. He passed Max Holloway, Bologna, Dano, Cormier, no. Stapey, Miocic. Nope. And then TJ Dillashaw, who beat Cody Garbrandt yeah. in a very competitive and very good fight. You're telling me GSP is above TJ. Is pound TJ. for pound better, better than, than TJ, TJ Dillashaw. Dillashaw. Yes. And Mike Cruz and Cody. Dominic no. Cruz. Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz and Cody. Dominic Cruz isn't even ranked. That's BS. This is Bologna. Yeah. The level of I'd skill, give all three of those guys... Better pound for pound. Cody, Car- Cody than, Garbrandt, than GSP. who lost, the dropped level- to number 10. And TJ Dillashaw, who beat Cody Garbrandt, only premiered on the list. He was not previously ranked 
at number seven. Yeah, but not even that. I mean, we're skipping the 170s also, too. Your, your 170 <laughs> on this is, is Tyron at number eight. He's the champion at 170. Eight no, but my, my point is you put GSP above him. Yes. That's insane. Above him. It's insane. It's, I don't understand uh, it. Uh, and let's be real. Uh, any other matchup at one eighty five for GSP is very difficult. And then you have the interim. You have Chris Taylor. Weidman, Robert Whitaker, Robert Whitaker, Luke Rockhold, Yoel Romero, Jacare Souza. I could go on. It's Murderer's Row. He's going to go down the, to one seventy. This was a popular. It's a popularity grab for the for Dana White. And you, and, and George, I think GSP is going to stay, but he's going to go down to welterweight. He, I do not see he'll him lose staying. the title and go down. Yeah, he's going to vacate and Lose go down the for title sure. and go down. This was just so he could cement himself as someone who's had Back two belts. Again. You know what? And, and you know who ultimately – who really irritates me and it's the guy that was pushing for the asterisk is Luke Rockwell. Yeah, knocked the fuck out. Yeah, Because you slept on him. Well, and, and here's the thing. Great fighters are prepared for every fight yeah. and they don't overlook who's in front of them. I'm sorry, Luke. That makes you not and granted, a great fighter. Let's be honest. It is it is hard to motivate yourself sometimes when the matchup seems so easy for you. Yeah, but that, that would the perfect example is Demetrius Johnson and yes. the Timothy Elliott fight. If, oh, I, if I could step in here for a second, okay. not to get you too far off topic, but more pound for pound blasphemy. Okay, we have Yoanu and Jacek, who was dethroned by Rose Namahunas. Rose does not appear anywhere on the pound for pound ranking. She should have been. Um, so show she. Even though Joanna uh, just lost, she should be too. Joanna and Jacek is still on the pound for pound rankings. Rose is not. She should that's, be. That's a travesty. I think when you get knocked out in the fashion that Rose did knock her out, her name needs to be up there. And she's still in the top five. Why, she, why that, shouldn't she be? And I'm, it's just so aggravating to hear that TJ Dillashaw, who clearly has some of the best skills in all of mixed martial arts. Yes. You want to talk about a stacked division? The bantamweight division is, is loaded. Loaded. Yes. Like, like I said, a gun Cruz. Bro. Cody, give me a break. These guys, those three fighters alone well, are better not, than it's not most. Most it's four four people deep, really. Five. Okay, but okay. those three people those alone, top three, just those top three, three have insane. more skill than a lot it's of other insane. weight classes. That's very true. That is, a, it's an insane. You could, class. I think, those three. If you could bring them up to forty five and down to twenty five, they'd have some they success. Do well. They, they do, do well. very, very well, if not win the championship. I agree. I agree completely. You know, those three guys are insane. You know, and the only reason Mighty Mouse can't, uh, the only reason Mighty Mouse has trouble going up in weight classes is, is that he's at such a size He's like 5'2". Yeah. Yeah. He's 5'2". Five five two. Two. Yeah, and the other guys are taller, bigger TJ's, people. People don't realize TJ's like 5'6", 5'7". TJ Delashaw. And keep in mind, Demetrius Johnson. He's 5'7". Yeah, five, you should see five when, inch difference. You guys should see the height difference when Demetrius Johnson fought uh, Dominic Cruz. Cruz, yeah, it is absolutely insane. Yeah, five seven. He weighed at one thirty five. He's thirty one years old. Demetrius Johnson's five three. But five three. Eh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, it's it's a generous. And, and one. you know what? It's Gil- the same thing Cody Gorbrandt's five eight. Could you imagine yeah. that? It's yeah. it's the same claim that makes Daniel Cormier five ten. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no kidding. Five ten yeah. on paper. He's yeah. standing next to Joe Rogan. You guys look about the same. Same height, height five seven, five eight. Yeah, deal with it. But uh, this fight was insane, guys. It we was had a fantastic all the champions fight. fall to contenders. We had fantastic knockouts night. galore. We had a Wonder Boy Thompson fight, which is interesting in the least. <laughs> you know? he, he he sticks to what he does. He was a karate he does point well. fighter. You can't hit him. You can't knock him out. You can't beat him. Uh, it's sad to say we're talking about a fighter, one of the best fighters in the UFC. He might just float around the top five for the rest of his career and never win a title. 
Making money, though. Making a hell of a living. But if anyone other than Tyron has the title, I think we might see a Wonder Boy as champion. Yes, I would agree with that. But Tyrone is too fast, too quick, and much bigger. Tyrone? Oh, what did I said Tyron. Tyron. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Tyrone. Your boy Tyrone. It's Tyron? Tyron. Yeah, it's Tyron no Woodley. E. All right, yeah. I'll say Woodley. Sorry, guys. No, but blasphemous. Yeah, blasphemous. Reprehensible behavior. But um, <laughs> as always, guys, if you like the sh- if you liked UFC 217, let us know in the comments on Podbean and YouTube. If you want to interact with the show on social media, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. We boast one of the most active social medias. We're giving it a shot. Hit us up at CSWS Podcast. That is CSWS Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. We definitely loved it. It's been amazing, guys, right? I had a blast, man. <laughs> I got to piss so hard. <laughs> well, that's, this is Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep, guys. And that's Cameron. I'm Matt. And that's Mason running to the bathroom. We're out. Bye. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.